Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to our Fire and Fragrance podcast. This week we have Lindy and Chase Kofer here sharing with our DTS school and leading us through freedom and what that looks like. Today, Chase shares with us more about where we are in relation to God as sons and daughters and what it looks like to walk in freedom. Let's jump right in. How's everybody doing this morning? There it is. Guys, it is so good to be with you. Such an honor for myself, Lindy, our family to be in Kona this week. We have been, uh, we've circled the calendar. We've been looking forward to this week in Kona with our Fire and Fragrance family. It's such a joy. Um, how has DTS been going for you guys so far? Amazing. This is week three. I'm so excited, guys. I, I really look forward to Freedom Weeks especially. This is one of the most profound weeks. It really impacted my life 15 years ago when I was a DTS student. We did a Freedom Week, um, and it marked me. And I have noticeable moments in my life um, where I look back at that week like, the Lord did something in my life. There was a transition. It wasn't just a good week. It wasn't just knowledge. It wasn't just learning. But there was a transformation encounter that happened in the presence of Jesus. So this is an honor to be with you guys. I am full of expectation, not hype, but expectation that the living God wants to meet with every single person that's in this tent. And there's a little rumble of agreement there. I just know that when two or three gather in his name, he's there in the midst, right? We have more than two or three. The only thing he's asking is agreement. So here's my one rule this week is can we lean in with hunger for Jesus? We're not leaning in with hunger for another good saying from Chase or Lindy or for a really cool line. We are leaning in to know Jesus in greater depth than the word of God. We are leaning in with hunger for the living God to crash in on this tent and change every single one of our lives. So can we agree to do that together? Okay, I'm going to give a quick intro on myself, my family, on freedom, and then we'll jump in. My name is Chase. This is my beautiful wife, Lindy. Oh, please. Okay. She said, check your phone. She said, can I come say a quick verse? Please. Can we welcome up Lindy really quick? Um, guys, I know Chase is about to give an overview of the week and set some expectation. But I was sitting over there. I thought, wow, I, I want to open up with this just to set our hearts and faith for how God wants to meet us. I remember it was week three. This is week three, right? Week three of my DTS is when my entire life changed. And I thought, you know what? We've overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I want to share a testimony of what happened to me week three. I had an encounter with the love of God that literally I, I got up from this moment. I was never the same. I've never looked back. I can look back at that one moment and say my last 13 years came from week three of my DTS. And so I just want, if you're, if you know, week two, you can have a lot of emotions by week two. You you had pure heart last week. So yeah, you've had a lot of emotions. I can confidently say that for you guys. Um, but I want to bring you in to where Chase and I feel faith to go this week with you. And I'm going to lay it out this simply. And then Chase is going to tell you a little bit about us, our family, where we're from. 
what's happening in the world and how this tent really matters. This tent is so beautiful, what God is doing in here in a generation. It's incredible. But where we're going to go this week is this. God is real. You know that. You wouldn't be sitting in this tent if you didn't know that God is real. And what's amazing is that we are living in the most incredible love story in all of history. And we're right in the middle of the first and second coming of Jesus, right? But when Jesus came to earth, he brought his kingdom and he established a kingdom, right? And so everyone's like, is this guy for real? Is this guy for real? Well, then boom, he goes to the cross. He literally is in the grave, ascends down to hell, gets the keys, ascends, uh, literally raises, comes alive, rises from the dead, walks with his disciples, tells them some important things. Last thing being the Great Commission says, it's better if I go, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And now we are part of the generation living with the Holy Spirit that has been sent. So it's important for you to know the gospel and the story you're a part of. And what we're going after this week is freedom because Jesus gave us tools. And in his kingdom, he has ways and ways he's established things. So we're going to break down scripture. We're going to go after it, but we're going to go after it, okay? Because I was sitting over there and I'm like, wow, it's crazy. So much of the culture we live in affects how we see things, perceive things, receive things, and, and live right? So we're going after a kingdom culture this week, and we are going to meet the Holy Spirit. You are going to meet freedom, and freedom is Jesus. I just wanted to set a quick context because we're going to really dive in. And if you lose perspective going, why are we doing this? Why are we praying this again? You're not going to lose perspective, but just in case there's that 1%, you go, whoa, no, I am swept up in the kingdom of God. I'm here in my DTS for a set of part-time to meet and encounter Jesus. And this week, we're going to go after a culture of faith. You're going to learn how to walk out of unbelief. You're going to learn how to kick passivity out of your life. You're going to learn how to turn from rebellion and walk in the ways of Jesus. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to be fun. So everyone say, it's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. But I just was over there and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, remind them this is my kingdom that I've come to establish. And his kingdom, guys, it's, this is a very small portion. What we're bringing, you know, he's unsearchable. His ways are beautiful. You know, it's why David, he expressed so much about loving the ways of God, right? Because his ways are life. So I just kind of, as my, I was sitting over there and I went, wow, it was week three of my DTS. My entire life changed. Everything changed, how I saw God, how I saw the world, how I saw myself. And I just felt like, man, this is for you. Week three of your DTS, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. God is going to meet you this week. We're so excited to be here with you. And I'm just going to give it back to Chase now. But I just wanted to kind of let my heart burst out how excited I am for this week. Maybe later, I just said, do you want to say any more about the salvation encounter? Because aren't you guys just kind of itching to hear about what happened that week? Okay, how about we experience together and maybe she'll share later. Does that sound good? Uh, I'm in total agreement. Um, the faith in this tent, you can almost touch it. It's tangible, right? 
And so that's why we're going to go 100 miles an hour because I think God wants to do so much in this generation. A lot of Freedom Week, it's for your personal life. But if you put on some faith lenses, it goes far beyond your personal life. The things that you get breakthrough in today, you might not have thought about this before, but things you get breakthrough today, tomorrow, this week, it can set a trajectory not only for your life, but for your family's life, for countless other individuals that can walk in the freedom that you're going to touch today. So that's why we're getting excited. That's why we're pumped on pressing into the kingdom of Jesus. Because a lot of times, breakthroughs during Freedom Week translate far beyond Freedom Week. You're going to get tools and things that you can carry with you. It's not just a one-moment encounter. You're going to get equipped with tools to wherever you go, you could lead other believers into greater levels of freedom in their walk with Jesus. That's exciting, isn't it? Okay, so I'm going to do a quick overview before I do that um, because wasn't that just exciting? Wasn't that fire from Lindy? You guys excited to hear more from her? Same. Okay, before I do that, though, we've been married for a little over six years now. I don't know if we had a chance to get the picture. Probably not. I'll show you a picture. We have two uh, beautiful boys. They are both three years old. Uh, one is about to turn four. Yes, I said two three-year-olds. Our oldest, we fostered to adopt, and a month into that, uh, found out Lindy was pregnant. So two at the same time. Why not? Um, so we've got uh, a family of four, and we've been in Huntington Beach, California with our YWAM Circuit Rider family since 2011 for Lindy, 2012 for me, but we both have our roots here in Kona. So Lindy spent about four years here, did her DTS here, staffed for years. I did a DTS in Maui, Hawaii in 2007. Similar to Lindy, it was actually week one, I got rocked by Jesus, and then week five, I met the Holy Spirit and everything was different. And right in the middle of that was Freedom Week, which set me on a clean trajectory. So then I spent a few years staffing uh, an Awakened DTS and then Circuit Riders in Kona, and then I moved to Huntington Beach. So we've been there for a decade, more than a decade, um, and I'll tell you, at this point in my life, my faith has never been surging more for the hour of history we're in than right now. I'll say it again. My faith has never been surging for the hour of history we're in than right now, and a lot of that has to do with every day I'm in a community similar to the one that you are sitting in right now. Every day I get to go to prayer sets and I get to go be around a DTS and staff exactly like the one that you're sitting in right now, where it's not five or ten, but there's literally hundreds leaning in that have signed up their life saying, Lord, I'll do anything, I'll raise money. You have this portion of my life because I believe you want to move in my life and in Gen Z. And so seeing that day after day, having been there when we moved to California, and there was only 10 of us in one house, and there was days where I felt like, are we out of our mind, to where now there is about 200-plus full-time staff. We've got a DTS of 150, similar to this. This one's, I think, twice the size, actually. But my faith is surging because I'm seeing young people so in love with Jesus, so passionate about preaching the gospel, seeing people get saved almost every single day. How could your faith not surge? You see, the report of the enemy is church attendance is going down. The young generation, there's no hope. But when I get in a tent like this, when I get around my community at home, no, that's not the report of heaven. The report of heaven is they just need to hear who Jesus actually is. Because if we touch who Jesus is actually is, it's wild-eyed revivalists like yourself carrying the message of the gospel. Anything can happen. How do I know this is true? Is that just hype? Is that just because you're around an exciting crew? No, the Bible makes it very clear that the harvest is right. The labors are few. It's never been a harvest issue. It's just a labor issue. Yeah. 
Good news is there's a lot of wild-eyed laborers in this tent. So that's my intro speech. Otherwise, I'll preach too long on things that aren't freedom. I'm just excited about what God's doing in the earth. But if we go after freedom, it connects to all that. Because freedom, it's all about you going deeper, first and foremost, in your relationship with Jesus. Freedom is not first what you do for God. Your freedom, the primary inheritance of greater freedom is that you would know Jesus for who he actually is. For freedom, Christ has set us free. That's Galatians 5.1. One of his primary missions in coming to the earth was to set you free. Why? Because Jesus didn't want a bride that didn't know who he was and couldn't have deep relationship. Jesus so longed for a deep relationship with you that he came to seek and save what was lost. Every one of us was lost, so he came to seek and save that and set us free. Second part of freedom uh, beyond our inheritance and knowing Jesus is that we would walk out our calling and our design in him. Quick survey. How many of you know that you have a specific calling and design in Jesus Christ? It's okay if you don't. How many of you by the end of this week would like to know better what your specific calling and design in Jesus Christ is? That would be all of us. Okay, I have good news. We're going to go after that all week long. So I'm going to give an overarching thing, but Lindy already seated it, but I'm going to do it as well. We're going to go after specific things that, one, keep us from deeper relationship with Jesus, and two, specific things that would keep us from believing and taking steps into walking out our calling. For example, Lindy hit it. If you are stuck, I'm just going to give you guys a little taste of what it could be like. God loves us, right? Are you about to back me up right now? I've got Holy Ghost keys coming in. Amen. <laughs> if you don't believe what the Bible says about God's love for you, can I, can I break this down? For God so loved the earth, he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. How many of you guys have heard that since you were a little kid? How many of us believe that? Okay, but if you have a stronghold of unbelief, you could read that Bible and say, God so loves the world, but I'm not sure about me. Because if he really knew me, I've done A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So this Bible verse, because I have a stronghold of unbelief where I doubt the love of God towards me, he so loves the world, which includes everybody in this tent except for me. Some of you sitting here today are still under a stronghold of unbelief where you have doubted the love of Christ towards you individually because of your track record, because of your history, because of your past. You think it's excluded you from the love of Christ. So today, Freedom Week, this whole week, we're going to get tools to where that lie that says you are not fully accepted and loved by Christ. How many would love to never wrestle with that question again? What if today we took authority over the lie of how loved we are by Jesus, we said, I'm going to wield the tools, the authority of Christ inside of me. I'm going to tell a spirit of unbelief, quit lying to me. The Bible says he so loved the world, and that includes me. I'm done wrestling and making the love of Christ dependent on my performance rather than the word of God. He loves me. Can you see how that plays out? That's one specific thing. There's countless things. Impassivity. You might feel like, man, do I even have a calling? Let's go out, round two with unbelief. If you don't believe you have a calling, 
You will not invest yourself in DTS and get trained the level that God wants to train you. Why lean in if there's really nothing for you anyway? Why learn how to preach the gospel? I'm not an evangelist. Everybody gets to preach the gospel. Why learn how to do discipleship? I'm not as vocal. Everybody gets to disciple other people. So if you are doubting that you have a calling, you won't even invest yourself into all the things that God has set up for you. But if we clear out that lie of unbelief, then guess what? You show up to the tent just like I feel this morning. Most of you guys are already there. Where it's like, give me whatever you want, Jesus. I want to be as equipped as I can be by the end of this six months. Because what you have for my life is far bigger than I can even dream. Because the God who lives inside of me conquered death. So I guess anything really is is possible. That's where we're going to go this week. Okay, a few other overarching things is there a whiteboard actually can we pull a whiteboard over this is going to be amazing for visual learners i'm going to say a few comments while they get that set up does that sound good can i give you guys a simple definition okay i am using i'm going to give honor where honors due i'm using the old school one you guys have salvation encounter booklets right okay we'll bring those the rest of the week don't worry about today but the rest of the week we'll be using the salvation encounter book Um, but i will be using the freedom class manual book uh today specifically uh this was written by brian uh Protection, Lord. Every assignment broken. I'll be using, okay, over there. That was a close call. I'll be using the Freedom Manual. This is written by Brian and Christy Brent. Um, And it's amazing. I'm going to be teaching out of the first few chapters. It gives an overview of what freedom is. I'm going to say a few things. Don't worry for those who can't see me. I'll be down there in just a second. Say a few things. And then I want to draw a picture of what it's really like biblically to walk in freedom. Can I do that? And let everybody see. Okay, here's a quick definition, though, if you want to write it down. Freedom. Discovering your identity and purpose in Jesus and tearing down every stronghold that opposes your ability to walk in the fullness of that identity and purpose. One more time. Freedom. Discovering your identity and purpose in Jesus and tearing down every stronghold that opposes your ability to walk in the fullness of that identity and purpose. Anybody need a third time? Okay, one more time. Freedom. (laughs) It's the only time I'll do this three times. Discovering your identity and purpose in Jesus and tearing down every stronghold that opposes your ability to walk in the fullness of that identity and purpose. Okay. Then there's a few ground rules before I draw the picture. So there's a number of things that we have to understand to be able to walk in freedom, okay? There's a number of things that we've got to grab hold of. I'm going to give you a quick overview of those, and then we're going to jump into the first one, which is the power of salvation, okay? So a number of things we have to understand to be able to walk in freedom. Because if we miss these, then we won't be able to approach the tools that God's giving us in faith and really walk them out. If we don't understand that salvation is more than just fire insurance and getting out of hell for eternity. If we don't understand the full scope of salvation, that it's for your deliverance, that it's for your healing, that it's for your protection, if we don't understand the fullness of what salvation means, even the Greek word salvation, we will approach this week with a limited perspective. But if we approach with a fuller perspective of what the word even means and what a salvation encounter really means when we surrender to Jesus, guys, the good news is far better than we think. How many of you are like me, you had prayed the salvation prayer growing up like 84 times because hell sounded really scary? 
Any other? Anybody? Really? I got a few hands. And how many of you, even if you had a powerful salvation encounter, the more you read the Gospels, you're like, it's better than I thought. All I did was receive a free gift. And now I'm a son, I'm a co-heir, I'm an ambassador. I didn't do lick for that. It just gets better and better, right? So we got to look at the full scope of salvation. That's number one, okay? Number two, the calling and destiny Christ has for you. There are Bible verses that say every individual has a calling and destiny in Jesus, okay? Number three, we're going to learn how to tear down strongholds. Who's excited to tear down strongholds? We'll teach you on it, but you want to know what a stronghold is? It's where the enemy has a strong hold. Revolutionary right there. Okay. We'll talk more about it. Because strongholds are real and the enemy is real and we've got to wield the tools that God gave us. Okay. Number four, the effects, of, the effects of an absence of love and truth in your life. You guys did a lot of that last week. Pure heart. How sin gives the enemy jurisdiction or a place of power in your life. We've got to learn the power and simplicity of genuine repentance. Who's excited to repent this week? Okay. Some of you may have heard one of Brian's messages on joyful repentance, or maybe Andy already did that. Maybe you guys have already, have you guys already got joyful repentance a little bit? I'm getting like somewhat from the school leaders. Okay. You know why repentance at the end of the day, though there can be godly grief, do you know why at the end of the day we say joyful repentance? Because repentance is one of the greatest gifts that Jesus ever gave the believer. And if you view repentance as the moment where you have endless sad feelings and you're like, oh, this is the part where I feel super ashamed of everything I've done and I just kind of stay there and just cry for seven hours. That is exalting your sin and your shame above the cross. Repentance is God's gift to where we get to turn from what is killing us and run to Jesus, who, by the way, is slow to anger. He's not mad. He's slow to anger. We get to run to Jesus, who then, by his blood, gets to forgive the very sin we're repenting of. We'll never remember it. We'll never bring it up. And we get more of him and more of his kingdom in our life. That's the fruit of, why are we saying it's joyful? Because you leave what's killing you and you get to step in what is truly full of life, which is Jesus and his kingdom. So joyful repentance this week. We'll talk more about it, okay? I'm giving you an overview right now. Understanding the power that is yours in Christ at salvation. Did you know that all authority in heaven and earth belongs to who? Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth. He took back the keys on earth too, just so you know. It wasn't just... The keys that Adam and Eve gave over, where the enemy had a lot of jurisdiction, Jesus took those keys back. So when you surrender your life to Christ, that means that there is legal authority residing in your heart where the enemy can no longer take up residence in any area where you've confessed and repented. He doesn't get jurisdiction anymore. That's good news to have authority in Jesus, okay? Number eight, it's how to take back territory. So we're going to clear out a lot of things. We're going to repent of unbelief. We're going to repent of passivity. We're going to repent of shame, of rejection, of unforgiveness. And we're going to joyfully do it. But here's the deal. That's only half the battle. Remember, I'm talking about the transformation encounters, these exciting moments. But freedom is something that we walk in a greater measure our whole life. There's going to be mile markers this week. But the other side of freedom, it's not just clearing things out. It's then walking in the opposite. So instead of unbelief, what would be the op opposite of unbelief? Belief. belief or faith, right? So if you're getting out of a culture of unbelief and you start walking in a culture of faith, there might be some bumps on the road where you're like, I believe God loves me. 
Something bad happens in your life three years down the road. I thought you loved me. I have a bad day. I thought you loved me, Lord. Your buddy comes up. Dude, sounds like you got some unbelief about love Christ. Yeah, dude. My truck just broke down. That was expensive, man. How much did it cost to fix? $134. Are you going to be okay? No. Leaving the faith over your, what? No, that's a, that's a silly example. But things will happen in our life. That will make us question the breakthroughs that God's going to establish this week. So remember, you're getting tools this week. So when unbelief comes knocking, say, hey, you should doubt the love of Christ because things aren't working out as good as it is to your person over there on the left. I don't live by circumstance. I live by faith. Love was settled for me on the cross for all of eternity. I am loved by Christ. Does that make sense? You're getting tools then of how you're going to overcome unbelief the rest of your life and walk in greater measures of faith. Wouldn't it be awesome if 60 years from now, we were all walking in greater faith than we are right now? That's the goal. We're getting tools to where we're going to be walking more like Jesus by the end of our life. Sound good? Okay, can I draw a picture up there for you guys? I'm an artist, guys. You're going to be blown away. This is going to be beautiful. Okay, here's a picture for freedom. Up here, clouds in heaven. Is that stunning? God. You guys see that over there? Stunning. Okay. I'm really proud of this. Right here, a little tease. Whoa! That's right, I know who I am. I got my calling. Walking in it. Okay. So God's character and nature up here, right? Everyone knows that God is love. He's faithful. He's patient. He's kind. He's generous. The list goes on and on. Okay. So how many of you guys would agree there's like endless revelation of the living God to discover? So God's always wanting to pour out. Ready for this? Revelation. Why does Paul pray that in Ephesians chapter 1 after a church that's already saved? Because it's endless. It's the life source, revelation of him. It's the life source of your freedom, okay? You know what else he is? He's all-powerful. And he's all-powerful inside of you. There's one more word up there for my artistry. That's right. He always wants to go deeper in relationship with you. These are just some overarching things. There's more than this, but just to paint a picture, okay? Oh, that's bad. Hold on, let me tap back into my design. Hold on a second. Okay, so for those on the sides, I wrote revelation, power, and intimacy. It's always pouring out from God like in a rainstorm. It's just flooding out. He can't not be himself. He will always be this way. This is his nature. This is always coming towards us, right? But how many of you could say, I don't always experience that chase. If I'm totally honest, I feel like my intimacy with Jesus is still totally lacking. I feel like the power of God present in my life, that feels far away. Even revelation of Jesus, I feel like I read Bible verses and something's happening. I feel like they just aren't jumping off the page at me. I feel like Timmy, who lives in my class every day, lives in my room, every day we come home from class, he's like, can you believe Hebrews chapter 1? I'm like, I don't even know what that says. I'm getting revelation, man. Jesus, he's higher than the angels. He's the name. This is crazy. And you're like, man, I don't know where he's at, but I'm on a different planet. You guys ever felt that way? Okay. There are things 
that block this outpouring in our life. Okay, I've talked about it already. But one that blocks this outpouring is strongholds. There's two more. Say, oh, no. Our flesh. Nuts. There's a third. Oh, no. Our will. You guys want to see what happens when our will, our flesh, and strongholds of sin get in the way of this downpour? This is where the art really matters. When these things are in the way for verbal learners or for people who learn with pictures, when strongholds, flesh, and the will get in the way, the downpour of God's character and nature can feel like it's just drops in our life. But it's not because of him. It's because these things are in our life. But do you know what's good news? It's not us initiating these things getting out of the way. Jesus is initiating, destroying these things because of his character and nature. And today, this week, we are now going to respond to the love and grace that is already pursuing us, that longs to destroy anything from the downpour of intimacy, power, and revelation of Jesus in our life. We're going to go after all those things so that we could live, whether we're going through a trial or whether we're going through a great time, we can live in the downpour of who God is in every one of our lives. And there's biblical tools to get there. For anybody who wants to see this, you may or may not want to ever see this again, so you don't have to take a picture. But there it is. This picture actually really helped me. I know it's so basic, but it's always a reminder for me of this is God's desire and design for my life. And if I feel like he's distant and if I feel like he doesn't want to, it's not because it's true. It's usually my flesh is in the way or I'm letting my emotions lead me rather than faith. There's usually something in the way that's keeping me from live in this type of downpour. Okay, can we give it up for the whiteboard? Amen, whiteboard. All right. Okay, ready for a Bible verse. Romans 12.2 in the NLT. Here we go. Romans 12.2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. One more time. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Is that exciting to you guys? So this week... Main thing, it's not stirring up your energy and flesh to get free. It's yielding to the Holy Spirit who already wants to set you free. You got to know this. If you try to strive your way into a freedom, freedom moment, you'll always have to strive your way into more freedom. But if you're realizing he already wants to set you free, and you're yielding to his desire and pursuit of you that has never stopped since you were born, then it gets really exciting because you're like, expose anything, Holy Spirit. Because when I yield, I really get free. 
And when I really get free, then there's more room in my heart for more of you. I'm not doubting the love of God. I'm loved. Why is Chase so happy at 19? What happened? I realized I was loved by God. Guys, my first day of DTS, can I do a five-minute little caveat how this really works? Always doubted the love of God. My parents had split up. I doubted God's character. And I had sin patterns in my life, sexual sin patterns in my life. I was like, there's no way God could love me. I've done the worst thing he could do. There's no way. First day of DTS, Andy Bird walks in, and he preached for two and a half hours on nothing but the love of God towards me. And every argument, every stronghold of unbelief I had about the love of God was getting a hammer. I love you. How could you? I didn't hear that. I love you. It was like every argument was getting decimated in two and a half hours. And I hadn't cried in years, guys. But I'll never forget my first day of DTS, which made me wonder if I should stick around. I was weeping under the love of God for 30 minutes. Couldn't stop crying. Couldn't believe that God loved me. Because a stronghold of unbelief got destroyed, not by my earning, but you still want me? After all that, it is gross. It is wrong. And you still love me? And all I could hear, I didn't even know it was the Holy Spirit's voice. I love you. I love you. Deep in my heart, that's all I could hear over and over again. Any argument I brought up in that moment, it was getting destroyed by the hot pursuit of the love of God. So I want to lay a foundation this week as we go through things. Don't get into a religious robotic mode. God has set this part of week in his pursuit of you. He loves you more than you could imagine. I know you've heard it for two weeks. Some of you probably already convinced. Anybody not, this is for you right now. Don't leave this week unconvinced of the love of Christ towards you. It is the foundation we work from love, not for love. So when this is laid deep, you will thrive in freedom. Sound good? Okay. That was an aside. Here we go. I'm going to do one or two more examples, and then we're going to talk about the power of salvation. Does that sound good? Okay. Can I tell you how like a stronghold of unforgiveness could work? Can I give you an example? How many of you guys know that we're completely forgiven of our sins the first time we confess our sin to Jesus and to a brother? First time, right? But the Bible says some things about unforgiveness. It says that if we don't forgive, he can't forgive. Right? How many of you guys are like, man, I'm ready to forgive a thousand things right now? Just remembering that. If you have a stronghold of unforgiveness where somebody has done a legitimate injustice in your life, you're like, I'm not letting them off the hook because that was really wrong. I've had these before. That was just... That was so messed up, I did nothing to deserve that. That was really, really wrong. But if you have a stronghold of unforgiveness, where you're like, I cannot let that person off the hook. I cannot release the debt. What that does in the spirit, the enemy then has jurisdiction in your life, well, you will not experience the full forgiveness of Jesus Christ in your own heart. Why is that? Because the spirit of unforgiveness now has room in your heart to take up a stronghold and block you from experiencing the Bible promise of real forgiveness from Jesus Christ. How many of you guys are realizing, man, we got to get serious about unforgiveness. we got to get serious about having any offense in our heart and dealing with it. Because otherwise, that liberty that comes from being forgiven of anything you've ever done, we won't fully experience it in all that we are, okay? So that's one example. One more, and then we'll talk about the power of salvation. Actually, we've already talked about a couple. Let's just go to the power of salvation. Sound good? Time is it? Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. 
One more time, freedom is about a deep and powerful, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the summary of this first thought, okay? What does it mean to be saved? Luke 19.10 says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Everyone say, seek. Seek. Save. Save. What was lost? Guys, there are only a few things that we know were on the mission in Jesus Christ's heart. Like, this is one of his primary motivations that is explicitly stated in the word of God. There's not a ton, but one of them is to seek and save the lost. He is passionate about seeking and saving every single one of us. This is his very identity. This cloud does not turn off. And this Bible verse confirms that what I'm saying is true. He doesn't decide one day, I'm not really feeling it. They really messed up today. I'm going to turn off the pursuit. No, he is like eagerly, longingly looking for every last son and daughter on the planet. That's what his heart burns for. That's why he left total bliss in eternity and came to broken humanity, put on flesh as a man. Because in his heart was, I must seek and save what was lost. That is my creation. I'm going to win them back. He burns with it. And so this doesn't just apply to your saving moment when you go from hell to heaven, though it does apply to that radically. Any part of you that's lost, Jesus is saying, I am seeking to save that. I don't want them to live a 50% on fire Christian life. I don't want them to live stuck in unforgiveness their whole life. I am passionately asking them to forgive that injustice because I want to pour my forgiveness on them. But I'm bound by my just character. i got to be who I am. But I'm going to pursue them out of my love. I won't let them settle. I've got to get my lost children fully free. He burns to set us free. This is part of the power of salvation, God. Guys, okay. Sozo, that's the word there. You guys ready for a few things of what sozo means? Some of you might be familiar. Some of you that guys, this will be brand new. Sozo encompasses many different aspects of salvation. Deliverance, restoration, protection, preservation, healing, and making whole. Isn't that amazing? One Greek word, all of that is entitled in one Greek word. I'll read it one more time. Some of you guys need to hear that again. Deliverance. How many of you guys would like to be delivered of every enemy that's come after you? Right? No, I'm I'm preaching a little bit this morning, but I want to stir your faith. There's a real enemy. The Bible makes it so clear. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, according to John 10.10. He doesn't just wake up the same one day and be like, ah, I'm going to let them off the hook. Oh, there's a real enemy that really hates every one of us, that really wants to destroy us and our callings in Jesus Christ. we got to grab a hold of that, because then sozo and being delivered and saved from that gets a lot better. Amen. Okay, let's keep going. We're catching it. Restoration. Man, I messed up in high school. Could I ever be pure again? Restoration. I made some terrible mistakes. Could the blood really do that? Could I have a good marriage and family and future? Restoration. No, come on. The enemy's not playing games, so we can't either. We could have a pretty week or we have a real week where we take ground back, right? Okay, protection. Preservation. Healing. Healing for, I feel like that's everything. Your heart, your emotions, your physical body. Making you whole. How many of you guys want to be a whole Christian? It gives glory to Jesus, by the way. This is a side note. My last preaching note will keep going. 
It gives glory when we walk in the freedom that he died to give us. It gives him glory. It limits his reward when we say, no, because of what I've done, I'm meant to stay stuck in A, B, C, D, E. You're basically promoting your sin above, above the cross. I'll never forget the first time the Holy Spirit confronted me in this. I would confess the same sin over and over. Chase, when are you going to stop making your sin bigger than my blood? And I realized the arrogance and the pride I was daily walking in by confessing the sin he forgave the first time I told him. Then I was getting free of a whole much deeper thing. Wow, I got so much pride, Lord. He's like, yeah, you don't love my mercy. It's a command to love my mercy, Micah 6.8. And you don't. And it was the most liberating confrontation because I realized I'd walked in so much pride, I hadn't been able to receive the love and forgiveness and mercy of Jesus Christ. I started confessing everything and with so much faith, like, I'm forgiven. He's not even going to bring that up. This is too good. Yes, Chase, it's good news. Now you're getting it. You catching the rhythm of this week? Okay. All right, here we go. Ephesians 1.7. He is so rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. John 8.34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. There's fake forms of freedom, like, man, I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, then you're just bound by the prince of the air. You're bound by the world. You're not really doing what you want. You're actually a slave to sin. Okay? Let's keep going. Okay, this is like a really fast Romans road. They didn't ask me to do this. Maybe you guys have already had, a, uh, you guys already had like a salvation altar call moment or anything yet? You guys are, okay, you guys already done that. We'll skip that then. Is anybody realizing they might not be fully saved and wants to surrender right now to Jesus? No, it's okay. You can put your hand up. I'll have a raw moment, guys. I'm, I'm in for the raw wildness. Let me read you a Bible verse. Maybe I'll convince you. For all, no, let's just go Bible. You only live one time and nobody knows how long. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. There's real wages. There's a real cost. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. There is a real wage, there's a real cost of sin. Nobody could pay it. There wasn't an animal sacrifice in history that was able to pay the cost of sin. There was only one person for all of eternity, for every human, that was able to pay the price, and it was Jesus Christ. So if you are not fully convinced that you have surrendered 100% the entirety of your life to Jesus Christ, do not wait till the end of my message. Do not wait till tomorrow. Do not wait till you're on outreach and realize, oh my gosh, I've never surrendered to Jesus. Just surrender now because the free gift of life that is in Jesus Christ is available right now. And it's not dependent on my words or a good sermon. It's dependent on the Bible and his pursuit and his longing of you. He doesn't want to wait another second. He longs for every part of your heart. So if there is anybody, all you're going to do is you're going to stand up, we're going to pray a simple prayer of surrender, and then we'll go bananas. If there is anybody left, you're like, it's been two weeks, my heart's pounding, I'm supposed to fully surrender. I've kind of put on religious games, I've kind of put on a mask, I kind of got hidden sin, I kind of got stuff I really want to deal with. I'm going to give him my full trust. I'm going to go all in. I'm not hesitating anymore. I really need to have a moment of just public confession. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my Savior. If there is anybody here today that hasn't done that, you're like, I need to do that right now. Could you just stand to your feet right now? Come on. It's awesome. Let's go. Come on. We'll wait one more minute. 
Come on, guys. Come on. This is awesome. They're celebrating because that's what heaven does, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Some of you guys are going to experience, I feel like, the presence and power of God right now. And you might not hear everything else I say the next 20 minutes. That's okay. We're going to pray a simple prayer of surrender to Jesus. Just telling him that you're all in. That every sin you're asking forgiveness for. We're just doing an overarching thing. Stay standing with me if you stood up. We're just going to confess a simple repeat after me prayer. It's not about the words, though. Catch this. You might have prayed a prayer before. This is about your heart and your words to Jesus. I'm just giving you language where your heart might not feel like it has language right now. That's why we do a repeat after me prayer, just so everybody knows. That's a training moment. Leading somebody in a salvation prayer, don't force them to. Give them language for what their heart is already at. Sound good? So we're going to pray a simple prayer of surrender, asking God to forgive our sin, to make him fully Lord, that he can have any area of our lives. You guys in for that? You ready? Say this with me. And then we'll all pray. Even if you prayed this before, sitting down. We're going to pray all together. Ready? We're going to do nice and loud. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I surrender. I surrender. My life. My life. Completely to you. I confess, I confess. I'm, a I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. Need of forgiveness. Jesus, Jesus, I ask, I ask for, your for your forgiveness to wash my heart, to wash my heart. Totally, clean. totally clean today. today. Jesus, Jesus, I make you Lord. You've got to pray this. I make you Lord, I make you Lord. Of, every of every area of my life. Of my life. You can have anything. You get it all. It's a joy. Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to pray this one more time because this is the real thing. We're no longer driving the car. Jesus is driving the car. You're giving him the keys, okay? Say it to me. Jesus, Jesus you, get the keys you get the keys to my life. To my life. And I'm happy about it. I'm going to pray for you right now, and then we're all going to celebrate and go crazy. Jesus, I thank you for every person standing. I think that this is a real moment in your presence. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would wash over each person standing with your presence and your power, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, that the Bible says that when one sinner turns, all of heaven rejoices. That There is a rejoicing in the spirit. There is a rejoicing, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. This is a stake in the ground. This is a born-again moment, Lord, in Jesus' name. Never the same moment. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray the rest of the morning, would you wash over over each person's heart with the power of your presence, God. As we go deeper in freedom, I pray these ones standing would get marked this week with the power of salvation and the power of freedom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Can we celebrate really quick? guys I am a no we're gonna keep going we're gonna celebrate one more time and tell you why though not just because um, I am a in my design I'm a little bit of a celebrator but when I picture heaven celebrating I picture something like that but I feel like we should do it one more time because this is real stuff this is things that change eternities that change destinies for these individuals and for their people they're gonna encounter people they're gonna lead to Jesus for it's this has ramifications that it's worth a crazy celebration. It's worth, it's worth interrupting Chase's pretty plan and saying, Jesus broke in. This is, all I'm doing is reading Bible verses. This is Jesus' desire breaking on the scene. So 
I'm going to give Liberty, we're going to go one more minute, and we're going to get a minute at least of we're just going to go bananas celebrating the salvation power of Jesus right now. Can we go bananas for one more minute? Oh, come on. we got to celebrate. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, now watch this. Stay standing. Stay standing. Watch this. The Bible talks about the joy of our salvation. Man, sometimes as Christians, we are too sad. I'm sorry. We're going to put a stake in the ground right now. I'm going to flow with the Holy Ghost for two more minutes. No, no, no. The Christian life is not guaranteed easy. In fact, it's guaranteed trials, tribulations, sufferings. But the Bible says for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. And the guy who wrote this book and the founder of Circuit Rise, one of the founders of Circuit Rise, Brian Brent, who went to glory a year ago, he was the happiest guy I knew. And he had an autoimmune disease that put him in constant pain, 50% lung capacity the last 10 years of his life. And he was not ever one complaining he always had a smile. He always had a joy of salvation. So I say all that to seed one more celebration. Can we, we're going we're gonna to celebrate not just what just happened. We're going to celebrate our own salvation right now. Sometimes, hold on, hold on. I know you're, you're ready. Listen, evangelism times get way more fun when they're not forced. When we remember what we're saved from and we just can't contain it anymore. I just can't keep it in. He saved me. I got delivered. I'm forgiven. So can we celebrate our own salvation for 30 seconds? Let's make some noise of gratitude. I saw God through double O-A being wild there, yeah, to this day. I got no shame in my face. I regret to not give thanks. She gave me whatever it takes for my name. That's my on top of the kick of this Man just tryna go to cycle uh, You just tryna go viral You tryna build you up an empire Digging uh, more you on revivals No, dust in the wind Let it blow away Sun comes out All the stars gotta call away Watch this. Watch this. Okay. I'm going to Okay. I'm going to take advantage of this moment with the Holy Spirit at the level of joy and hunger in here right now. Did you know, I mean there's some crazy stats about Gen Z. I can't remember the exact ones. I wish Andrew was here with the Barnes studies, but it's something about like I feel like it's like oh, where's Lindia? It's like 10% of most believers will ever share the gospel in their lifetime. But for Gen Z, for a following Jesus Gen Zer, it's like 50% plus 
have already, already. Those weren't accurate stats, but they were close enough. There's a picture being painted that Gen Z has something special about it. It's got a hero generation. So watch this. Maybe you haven't never done a shout of intercession before, but we're going to do a joyful celebration of the salvation message. That it's not an old message. That's not an old message. The gospel is the power of God to save any who would believe, both Jew and Gentile. So we're going to lift an intercessory shout that says, we're excited about the gospel. We're happy to preach the gospel. And it's the same message that's going to save my generation. So here's the shout, though. This is the intercession. The intercession is this, is that every young believer, let's just go, let's just pray an intercessory shout for Gen Zers, that they would be filled with the joy of salvation today. No matter where they're at, that the joy of salvation would overcome Gen Zers today. It'd become their favorite message. Can we do one more 30-second joyful shout of intercession now for Gen Zers? Come on, Jesus. Okay. Come on. Okay. I feel like I can't see this part of the room. I'm with you guys, too. Um, okay, we're going to do one more. I'm, I just feel like we're, we're in a moment with Jesus. I'd rather just go where Jesus is going really quick, okay? What was it? There's one more I wanted to do. Um, shoot, what was it? Um, oh, yes, here's what I want us to pray. So this is, I just feel like we're in an intercession moment. Me and Lindy serve a house of prayer, so maybe I'm just praying all the time, so I just can't help myself. But um, we are going to pray. I, mean, the, I said it earlier, but the harvest is ripe, the laborers are few. For me, 300, every court, what God's doing here, this is a seed of what I think God wants to do all over America and all over the earth with Gen Zers. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was training tents like this all over the earth? What if there was 100 schools like this all over the earth? Okay, we're going to pray, a specific prayer, and then we can shout at the end, but we're going to pray a prayer. We're going to ask for a hundred locations that are burning with revival, like in Kona, but I'm thinking of this tent specifically right now. We're just going to pray, God, would you multiply this by a hundred all over the earth? We want to see a hundred tents in the earth filled with revival training of young people. Can we do that? 30-second prayer, and it's specifically training people on the gospel. 30 seconds, let's pray that out. Lord, we just ask God, in Jesus' name, would you raise up 100 locations like this, God? Tents of training, fields of training, where wild revivalists are getting marked, God, all over the earth, Lord. We ask, Holy Spirit, we ask, Holy Spirit, do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Multiply it, Lord. Okay, amen, we sealed the celebration of your salvation, Jesus. We love you, we are thankful, Lord, for your, your blood that rescues us, for your body broken for us. We are so grateful 
for salvation power today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can grab a seat. Okay. Okay. For anybody taking notes, they're like, man, I just want to have a few more, few more verses with what we just talked about with an overview of freedom. Can I give you a few more? Let me see here. And a few more closing thoughts on salvation, okay? We'll just keep going a few more minutes, and then I think we'll have time. We'll get to original design this morning. It will be fun. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is just to add Bible verses of what we just saw happen. Is anybody stoked right now? You see how, you feel like how the atmosphere shifts after that? Jesus breaks in. It's the best. Okay. This is one of my favorite Bible verses on salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What a mystery. He became sin that knew no sin. This is 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of the greatest mysteries of the gospel. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Did you guys know that the law says that cursed was every man who is hung on a tree? Cursed is every man who is hung on a tree. Did you know that sin comes with a curse? And so when Jesus puts himself on a tree, the cross was made out of what? He puts himself on a tree. He is taking on the curse of sin for you and for me. That's why the curse of sin can be broken in our life. Because he fulfilled the law. He took on a curse, though he didn't deserve it. Making an intercession for you and for me. This is good news, right? Okay, a few more Bible verses. We'll keep going. Jesus told him, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. A watered-down gospel is not the gospel. There's no other way to be saved but Jesus' name. We just got to tell our generation the truth. In love. Some people are like, I just want to be... So kind. Yes, we want to be kind. You know what? If somebody's house was burning down, you wouldn't be like, ah, the window's open, but maybe try the other way. It looks like it's on fire over there. Yeah, it might work. No, you're going to tell them to book it out of the window as fast as they can to save their life. There's only one saving message. It's Jesus Christ. Okay. Romans 10, 9 to 10, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. That's why we just did what we did. Amen? Okay, that's the rest of Romans Road right there. Let's keep going. Um, okay, last closing thought on freedom before we jump into original design, and we'll take like a 30-second stretch break. Um, Hebrews 10.14, this is one of my, another one of my favorite verses. I say that a lot, actually. Anybody just love the Bible in here? Make sure I didn't skip anything important. Talked about that, talked about that. Okay, this verse paints the picture as simply as it can that salvation happens and then it's ongoing. So Hebrews 10 verse 14 says this. It says, for by that one offering, speaking about Jesus, he perfected forever all those whom he is making holy. Okay, how can you be perfected forever but still being made holy? When you are in Christ, the Father no longer sees you. You are hidden in him. That's why you get the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you are in Christ, your positional standing, that's why Paul can write in Ephesians, you've got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's the mystery of the good news of the gospel is we get the really good end of the bargain. You are positionally forever, you're clean. You're saved. 
whether you feel it or not, everybody who just stood up, no matter what your emotions tell you, even right now, the willful decision of your heart to totally surrender to Jesus means that positionally you are perfected forever. This is really good news about freedom. Now, the exact same verse says that we are being made holy. Is there anyone in here that says, man, I could look more like Jesus? Not enough hands. All of our hands. For the rest of our life, this is the Bible word, you've probably heard it before, being made holy or becoming more like Jesus or walking in more freedom. There's all kinds of ways we say it. The one word summary, it's called sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. Sanctification is the process that the Holy Spirit, who is leading your life, takes you on to transform you to look more and more and more like Jesus. Being made holy is not a bummer. Being made holy is one of the most exciting journeys that every one of us as believers gets to go on. Because without holiness, no one will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You can't even encounter God unless you're pursuing a life of sanctification and holiness. Yeah, but there's grace, man. Yeah, grace doesn't empower you to sin. Grace empowers you to live free of sin. Cheap grace says that, oh, man, there's no big deal. No, his grace is so extravagant, he can forgive any sin. Don't hear me wrong right now. It's the mystery of the gospel. It's so beautiful. There's nothing he can't forgive. But we don't use that liberty or that character trait in Jesus to say, let me see how close to the line I can now get and still be saved and still know Jesus. Could you imagine if I told Lindy, babe, this first six years have been amazing, love our marriage, but I'm just going to take this other girl out on a few dates. Just have to mix it up a little bit, you know, just, just try something new. Is that okay with you? Some of you guys actually want to come tackle me right now. I saw your eyeballs. They shifted the smile left. So this isn't a good analogy. No, that's ridiculous, right? Like, if I said anything close to that, any one of you would want to come up here, tackle me, hit me over the head with the Bible, say, dude, get your life in order and never say that again. Right? But how often, with Jesus, we're the bride of Christ. This is one of the identity pieces. How often with Jesus, we're like, we love you, Lord, but I kind of want to have this a little bit on the side, too. Because you're not totally satisfying for me. So on the side, if I could keep this pattern of sin, I just, I just can't help it. Oh, man, we got excuses, don't we? I just don't feel your love, Jesus. So I wanted to feel it with pornography. I just don't experience. We make so many excuses, right? And we keep things on the side as if that's normal and that's okay in the Christian life. A half-hearted life was never a model of Christianity. Having things on the side was never Jesus' discipleship plan. Any gospel that says, man, you can have Jesus, but also this stuff on the side is not pushing you closer to Jesus. Not even really the gospel. The gospel is that he is so wonderful. He is so beautiful. He is so satisfying. He is so glorious. He is so endlessly wonderful that the Holy Spirit and real grace would say, how far away from the line can I get? 
He's so much better than anything the world ever offered me. One touch of his presence, and I was completely transformed. I don't want to touch another cigarette. I don't want to do another drug. I don't want to watch another horror movie. I don't want to listen to another, oh, let's just do this one. I don't want to listen to another song that talks about objectifying women just because it's, Chase, it's just good music. And it's glorifying demons. We got to take, oh, man, I feel like, here we go. We've got to take, I'm telling you, how far away from the line can we get? Not to be religious, like, look what I did. No, because we get to know him. The motivation isn't about being able to get on the stage and be like, guys, I've lived a really holy life the last 30 years. No, the real motivation, the promises of the scriptures, when you pray, you give, you fast in secret, the Father openly rewards you. You get him. When you have a holy life, you get more of Jesus. So holiness is not a bummer. What we're pursuing today should bring so much joy to our heart this week because it means more of Jesus, more of his kingdom, and a life that really matters for eternity rather than a life that might be a little bit known on earth. I need a million TikTok followers. I need them. I don't have time for the Bible. I'm making 17 videos today. I gotta have, I gotta have an impactful life. What if you have a million followers, but you don't know the Bible that actually transforms hearts? You'll never change anybody. Your influence can grow as big as the world, but if you don't know the guy that made the world, it won't matter. The holy life, the pursuit of Jesus. Man, I'm preaching a little bit, but I feel this morning. Get excited, guys, about the holy life. Do you know that I'm never bummed that God set me free of pornography 15 years ago? I'm never like, oh, man. Man, I wish that was just still around every day. Do you think I'm bummed that I changed everything I listened to musically after I got lit on fire by Jesus at 19? Oh, man, I wish that guitar look in that song was a little bit better. We'll put the chili peppers on, man. That's what I grew up on. No, I was like, I got one life to live. How close can I get to Jesus? Sorry, my life got really simple when I surrendered to Jesus. It's all right if I put, push a few buttons today. By the way, you can make beautiful music for Jesus. My friends do. My wife does. All right, guys, I went off on a tangent there, but I felt that was important to set the stage on why sanctification is exciting. Also, last thing I'll say, God will always love you, but he's not always pleased in our decisions. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't please him living a life of unbelief. His love for you, it will never change. He'll always be after you. He'll always love you. But to, how many of you guys are like, at the end of my life, I want to know that I please the heart of God. I want to know that I moved the heart of my Savior, that I blessed him. Did you know that you can actually move his heart? He doesn't need you to accomplish his will or his purposes. He's, gonna, he's a sovereign God. He's a king. But as his followers, as his people, we can move his heart when we live a life of the kingdom and we live a life of faith pursuing him with all that we are. We can actually move his heart. That's enough motivation right there, right? Okay. Here we go. Woo! You guys ready for original design? Lindy, any thoughts before we jump into this? Anything you're burning with or you want to say? Two minutes? Come on. Don't you guys want, I just feel like we're in a. 
This is dangerous because I know my wife's design. She's a catalyst. So things could detonate right now. But I just felt there was something there. Oh, this is so good. I literally am, like, just texting all of our friends back home, like, just pray. I feel like there's a real, there's an invitation to meet with God this week to get marked. And, you know, we use a lot of Christianese language, marked, revival, whoa, 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 whoa. But when you peel all that away, there is a living God who wants to meet with you. And exactly what Chase said, this week is about understanding where our own sin, flesh, strongholds, and will can get in the way of the outpouring of God's love that is never-ending, all-consuming. When Chase was talking, I feel the hunger in the room of like, no, I do not want to walk in sexual sin. I do not want to walk in shame for my past. I do not want to walk in what he said. It's like we kind of go like, you know, like with music or different things, it's like, oh, it's okay. But it's like, no, it's like, I don't even want to mess with that line because I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so the only thing I'm thinking is there is a generation that God is calling to live in radical holiness, but not with a list of do's and don'ts and right and wrongs, but because we become what we behold. Because we become what we behold, we're setting our eyes on Jesus. Because we become what we behold, we want to look to the Lamb. Because we become what we behold, we want to know these things. And so I just think my heart is stirred and original design. We're going to hit that today. And we've asked the school leaders, if the staff, we want to pray for everyone's original design this week. You will not leave this tent without getting original design prayer, because it is so important that you know who God says you are. And it's so important that you know the word of God and what Chase is saying, everything. I'm like, oh, I love like the big moment when it's crazy, but then like, let's get to the scriptures that, that, that are the foundation of these crazy moments we're having, right? And so I, the only thing I got hit with is, God, we are unafraid to turn from the world. We are unashamed to turn from witchcraft. You know, because we can hear the word witchcraft. It's like, I don't know any witches. I remember when I did my DTS, people were talking about witchcraft. I'm like, I don't interact with any witches. I don't know what you're talking about. But then it broke down for me that rebellion is linked to witchcraft. There are things like linked to witchcraft, which is what? It is the enemy's kingdom where he's ruling. Right, and we're saying, hey, no, 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 we're made aware. We're made aware that the kingdom of darkness has been overcome. He holds the keys. He took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's undefeated, the name above every name. And I'm going to start living that way, and that's freedom. That's freedom. you got to start living for what Jesus paid the price for. And you have to know that he has overcome. He has overcome. He is overcome. Now we can overcome. So when Chase was talking, I feel like there are some of you who maybe you didn't even realize. Maybe it's been in your generations where you've made uh, agreements with witchcraft without even knowing. And this week you're going to get free and you're going to go, I didn't even know I could feel this way. I didn't know I could think this way. I didn't know my mind could be this clear. We're going to go after even generational curses. What does that mean? And so I'm just like, when Chase was talking, I felt, you know, each school you do Freedom Week, every school is different. Every school is different. So day one is kind of like that. All right, Holy Spirit, where are you taking us? And I'm sitting over there and I said, this school is all in. We are going all in. We are crossing the line. We are not holding back this week. We're going all in because how you get freedom this week and learn these tools, you're going to carry this. Whether you come back here or you go home, wherever God calls you, you will be carrying this. I just, so that's what I want to say is I felt there's an all in. And I'll tell you what, some of you, 
If you feel a resistance right now, that's okay. That is okay because we're going to bust through because what's happening is sometimes when we, I'm going to share just 30 seconds, going to hand it back to Chase before we do original design. When I was 12 years old, 12 years old, now raise your hand. Is anyone in here? I know there's at least one from Oklahoma. I feel like for some strange reason, there's always so many people. What's up from Oklahoma? Okay. I was born and raised in Oklahoma. Love it. 12 years old. I get hit with depression, not knowing what it is, suicidal thoughts. Now, as a 12-year-old, there's no decisions I have made, right? There's no crazy groups I got involved with. My parents were in the church. My dad was a pastor. So I'm having this literal darkness swarm my mind. I have no language for it. All I knew is that I suddenly hated myself and I didn't want to live. When you're 12 years old, you don't know how to express that. You don't know how to get free of that. And so from about 12 to 14, I dealt with very serious self-hatred, attempts of suicide, self-harm, all these things, right? Well, then people came around. They tried to help my family. But all I remember is being so confused, going, I have no idea why I feel this way. I had no clue. And then you feel shame. Did I do something that caused me to feel this way? So we got incredible help. And I got incredible help. There was support, you know, people from our church. But it wasn't until I went to my DTS and someone explained generational curses. And I went, oh, my gosh, this was me. I remember, I can remember being 12 and felt feeling like something landed on me. I had no idea what it was. Someone broke down how things can be passed on generationally. I remember I rose up, but I remember before that, the person who was sharing this resistance rose up in me. Like, no, no, no. Because it was like, it, it's like I was about to get free. So I just want to say we're going to go all in this week. So what I need from you, I need you to lean in and go, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to engage my will. And I will never forget in this moment, I pushed through something. And I went, no, I can be free. I can be free. And I remember I asked them, I ran, I said, can you please pray with me? They prayed with me. They prayed through generational stuff. There was a sickness I was dealing with. I was healed on the spot right there, literally right there. And I, after that moment, it was like a salvation. This was, I told you week three of my DTS changed everything. Week three was this crazy love encounter, and then it was the next week that these people came and shared about spiritual warfare and freedom, and I just remember going, wow, I didn't do anything to cause that, but you know what? I'm standing in my authority as a believer. I understand the power of my salvation, who I am in Christ now, so I am going to repent on behalf of generations wherever this door came in, any sexual sin, witchcraft, any sin, open door, and I'm going to rise rise up now and close the door and move forward in my original design, in my identity. And that's what this week is about. Some of the things you might have to pray through, you didn't do. But you are cutting off a generational line of sin and curses. You're saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. So I want to invite you in. You got to know the beauty of your authority in Christ. 
Because if you think, if I think, man, because I rose up and prayed, I got free. No, 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 no. I yielded to the spirit and the courageous heart of Christ that's already inside of you. And I let Jesus be himself. And that's why repentance is a gift, right? What Chase is saying, you know, repentance kind of gets a bad rep. You repent, you instantly link it with shame. Oh, I got to repent. So shameful. No way. Jesus, thank you for the gift of repentance. Thank you that we can turn a different way and walk in a different way. So I just wanted to share, because like I said, Freedom Week, we go through the tools, but we have to lean into the spirit of what he's doing in each school. Right? Or it just becomes a religious thing. God does something different every Freedom Week. We use the same foundation, the same teaching. But I was sitting over there and I just went, this is an all-in school. You are going to get marked with purity, holiness, and radical obedience this week. And so I'm excited. There's my two minutes. Come on. I also know that Lindy is really good at summarizing what God's doing in rooms. Not just as a worship leader, but doesn't that just like kind of seal up this first hour and a half of what we're talking about? So, yes, please keep saying more. Okay. Um, last thing I'm going to say is we're jumping into original design. But before we do that, um, the rule on this is normally on the first day, I like to go after the culture of faith. Because unbelief is usually a bigger deal in our individual lives than we think. However, today... We really felt by faith that this place, this whole tent was already in such an all-in atmosphere, such an atmosphere of faith, we could just jump right into the original design and hear God today. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do really fast work on unbelief altogether. You guys want to see how this works? We're going to take some ground back. We're just going to, we're going to basically shut up every lie of unbelief that would want to take this next hour and steal from you hearing from God in the word and from your staff through prayer about who you are in Christ. Now, I said it already, but this is, one of my, this is one of my anchor scriptures in life. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him, check this out, get this. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We've got to know today that there is a reward for the earnest pursuit of Jesus in this tent. He's not a stingy giver either. The Father is a generous giver. His commands simply were ask, seek, knock. Luke 11, you want more of the Holy Spirit? Just ask me. A lot of times we are under, though, a ceiling of unbelief that says this is how much God will give me. He'll tell me he loves me, but he doesn't want to give me any of the plans for my life. We put limitations. So here's what I want us to do. Because faith moves the heart of God, and because unbelief a lot of times puts a ceiling on what God can do in our individual lives, we're going to punch through the ceiling of unbelief right now. We're simply going to take authority over two lives, okay? And you might not be there, but if you're, if you're already in a place of faith, this is a prayer of intercession for your friends in the tent together, okay? First thing we're going to take authority over is that God doesn't want to speak to me or tell me who I am, Okay? He's a shepherd with sheep, and we all get to hear his voice. John 10, it's Bible. You got an argument, you lost to the Bible. He's the shepherd, we're his sheep, we all get to hear his voice. Throughout Bible history, God loves to call people out and tell them who they are. 
Could you imagine as a father, Parker and Zion, I don't know if they're still here. They might have gone back to take a nap already. If they boogied up here, and I never one time said, man, Parker, you're Parker. Got your name, dude. Have a good day. As a father, he's like, Dad, who am I? I would love to hear that question. Parker, you're my oldest son. You're a champion. You're full of grace. You're full of joy. You're a warrior for your generation. You're going to change so many people's lives because the love God's put in your heart. I would just, I would jump at the moment to tell him who he is. Right? But so often, unbelief says, does God really want to tell you? It's a cat and mouse game. No, I believe he's an eager father today. Like, I've had this day on the calendar circled. I can't wait to bust into that fire and fragrance tent and tell every single person, this is who you are in me. And we're going to look at a lot of Bible verses. So, we're going to punch the ceiling that says God doesn't want to speak to us or tell us who we are. That's number one, okay? Number two is any limit of, of God's extravagance that we put on him. God's not just going to say it. He's going to say it. He's not just going to tell you who you are. He's going to tell you who you are. There is an extravagance in the heart of God that I believe is going to burst today in individual prayer times all around this tent. I believe he has been so eager that you are going to hear things that are going to blow your mind. No, no, for example, for example, God might tell you something like, you are a giant of faith. The faith of your life is going to change the trajectory of your family line. And you're going to be a pillar for generations of faith. You're going to know God so deeply, it's going to change the entire future of generations because you're a pillar of faith. This is who you are. If you've got a ceiling on his extravagance, you say, yeah, I'll be a faith-filled Christian. Why can't he say something extravagant to you today? I got Bible stories to prove it. So can we punch those two ceilings? Okay. Here's how it works. Power of life and death is in the tongue. So we're going to say simple prayers. We're going to close the door to unbelief, and we're going to push them back. So for the next hour, we're going to stay in an atmosphere of faith. Does that sound good? So say this with me. Jesus, we close the door of every lie that says you don't want to speak to me or tell me who I am. You do. That was amazing, wasn't it? That's first door closed. Second door. We're going to close the door that God's not an extravagant God. That we're just run of the mill. It's just every day. No, no, no. He's extravagant, and he's going to tell us who we are extravagantly. Okay, ready? Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. you're an extravagant God. You're going to tell me things that might blow my mind. But I want to hear whatever you want to say in Jesus' name. Okay, that's the key. It's that you're leaning in to hear what he wants to say. And we're looking at stories. There's a lot of people that fought God on what he said about them. But God wins. Can I get some help? Can we move this out of the way so I can see? I just feel like I keep wanting to come look at this side of the room over here. Thank you, guys. Give it up for those guys. All right, guys. We're going to do this in 30 minutes or less. So that way we have 30 to 45 minutes to really pray. Sound good? Okay. This is chapter 2 in the Freedom Manual. I know you guys only have Salvation Encounter, but... We're just going to jump in, okay? Um, God's masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10. Check it out. starts off with really good news in the Bible. If you didn't even hear a prophetic prayer today, which everyone's going to get prophetic prayer, where the staff's going to hear God on your behalf and pray for you. But if you did not even get that, which, by the way, doesn't that just sound, everyone's already like, can we do that now? It just sounds like a steak dinner right there. Um, if we didn't do that, 
There's so much goodness in the word of God, it would be enough. If we lived every one of our days believing what scripture says about who we are in Jesus, we would be terrors to the enemy. Terrors. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You're not just beautiful artwork. You're not just a part of his creation. You are his masterpiece. The Greek word there, meant it was like the best work of an, of an artist. At the end of creation, remember how he says it's good? When he makes man, he says, oh, they're in my image. It's really good. It's the privilege of being sons and daughters of Jesus. We are made in his image, the very image of God. We're not just okay. We're his masterpiece. So we got to take back ground on any way we beat ourselves up with self-hatred or any way that we've told ourselves we're no good or we're only average. That's not what the Bible says. It says you're a masterpiece created in him for good works, which he's already planned out on your behalf because he loves you. Okay. All right, Psalm 139.13. For you, are you okay if we don't take a break today, guys? If you have to use this bathroom, just go do it. I don't know how that works. Is that, is that, that, it's kind of going ever. It's too big of a deal. If we stopped right now, we'd never come back. Okay. Psalm 139.13. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Before you even took a breath. God's forming you. Picture that. While you were in your mother's womb, he's putting dreams, his desires, your makeup, your personality, your calling, your assignment. He's putting all of that in there. While you haven't even taken one breath, God is forming you in your mother's womb. It's exciting to me. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Familiar Bible verse, but let's take it out of just, you know, normal Bible Christianity. That's exciting. He knows the plans he has for us. I'm glad, and sometimes his plans are way better than mine. Okay. Romans 8, 29 and 30. From those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. It's critical that we understand we've been created with great purpose. we got to know that. It's like we're an exquisitely designed race car that's missing the fuel. At salvation, Jesus fills us up with his power, which ignites our true purpose and design. This is the, another thing. I'm telling you, salvation's better than we think. At salvation, when the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in your heart, that is the source of power and grace for you then to walk out your original design. Why do we linger an hour and a half on salvation and laying that foundation? It's because when you find out who you are, if you don't have that salvation, you feel like you're going to have to like figure it out and earn it the rest of your life. No, no, it's from grace, it's from salvation power that you then have an original design in Jesus that God will activate at salvation. That's awesome, isn't it? Okay, Psalm 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were born, is this too much info? You guys with me? You guys got 20 more minutes? Okay. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He's got a big plan. He's a sovereign king. Having a design and purpose doesn't mean that he's not sovereign. Doesn't mean that he's not coming back. No, God is sovereign. 
But in his sovereignty, in his wisdom, he has a design and purpose for your life and for my life. That gets me excited to discover what that is so I could walk it out as much as I could this side of eternity. All right, a few scriptural examples. You guys are ready for the Bible examples, so I'm not making this up. Okay. Okay, Genesis 18, 17 and 19. He's been doing it since the first book. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what, I'm about, what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. How many would say that is an extravagant original design if God stopped right there? Hey, Abe, good to see you this morning. I wanted to fill you in on something. You will become a great nation. And every nation on the entire planet will be blessed through your life. Okay, have a great day. Enjoy breakfast. No, seriously, there's a moment in Abraham's life. This is the word he gets. You will become a great nation, and every nation on earth will be blessed through your life. Now today, you're at the back of the tent. Third person in line, hot, you're starting to think about lunch. You get over there, staff starts praying for you. Man, I just see God has inheritance for you in nations. You're going to be a mother in nations. I see you raising up countless women as gospel preachers. I see you raising up so many people. for the, And it just goes so extravagant. You're like, please stop. That's, that's impossible. Nation. Every nation on the earth. And here's the crazy thing. Abraham didn't see it. But in Jesus... This promise was not extravagant or hype. It was 100% true. Every nation on the earth is being and will be blessed through Jesus Christ, right? Trace back the lineage. Abe, in the storyline. Every nation on earth. So what if you heard something that ridiculous today? you got to grab it by faith. No, no, let's make it real. The founder of this mission, guess how many nations on the earth he's been to? Every one of them. So you're coming in to an inheritance in YWAM where there's an inheritance in nations falling on your life whether you realize it or not. Because there's mothers and fathers and grandmas and grandpas that went before us that cleared away. We stand on their shoulders for real where now what God could say to you could even be more extravagant than what he said to Lauren and Darlene. I want that type of faith today. If we're going to see 100 tents in the nations, you've got to have crazy faith today. All right, let's keep going, okay? You guys want more examples? The Bible builds the most faith, okay? I love this one in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, verse 3 and 4. This is one of my favorite callings. This is Jeremiah writing. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That had to be so encouraging because Jeremiah had a really hard assignment, actually. But that had to be so encouraging to know that before he was even born, God's appointment on his life was a prophet to the nations. Before you were born, God knew you would end up in this tent in Kona, Hawaii. And he had things he wanted to say to you today when your staff prays for you. It's amazing, isn't it? Okay, one more. And then we'll keep going. Got John the Baptist. That's another amazing one. Paul gets one. 
It's just endless. Do you guys want more? Let's just keep going. Okay. You want one more? Let's do John the Baptist. This one's fun. Luke 1, 13 to 17. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. Typical encounter when an angel shows up. Anybody says he's seen an angel every day, but it's not terrified or have that type of encounter. I'm a little, I don't know. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will, be, will, be, will he bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How many of you guys know that's an extravagant original design? Before, before he's even conceived. Take that one to the bank. I just thought of that right now. You were in the heart and dreams of God before you existed. And it's such an extravagant one, isn't it? Okay. Now, it's extravagant, but it also comes with an, a strategic purpose, okay? 2 Timothy 1.9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Everyone say, I'm called. I'm called. Everyone say, I'm called. I'm called. Everyone say, with a holy calling. With a holy calling. Come on. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Okay, Daniel eleven thirty two, another amazing verse to encourage you. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The deeper you go with Jesus, it usually opens the door to you walk in greater, walking in greater exploits. Okay, um, so intimacy unto exploits, that's kind of the summary of that verse right there. Okay, you guys ready for the three ways to know your original design? Here we go. First one we've already been touching on. The first, the most important, I can't overstate this because I know it's exciting to get prophetic prayer, but I cannot overstate how important it is that we stake in the ground today on this one more than any other one to find out who we are, and that is from the Bible. This is more sure and trustworthy than the insane prophetic word I got at 19 from Amy Ward that changed my life. This is more sure. This is something I can grab hold of even stronger. This will bear even more fruit, though that is still bearing fruit in my life. This is the strongest. If I ever need to remind myself, man, I'm not feeling the best, I just remind myself I'm a child of God, and things start to turn around pretty quick. My father is God. Things are all right. I'm going to make it through the trial of the day. Okay, here's what the Bible says. 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21. Actually, we'll skip that one. Here we go. You want a few things of what the Bible says? Here's just a small list. From 1 John 3, 1, it says, you are a child of God. It's good news, right? Did you know when you said yes to Jesus, you signed up for the greatest fathering you could ever imagine? The greatest father you could ever imagine. When you said yes and you became his kid, that means he was going to take personal responsibility over your individual life. 
He, as a father, is going to nurture, care for, love, discipline, raise up. He is going to take care of you for the rest of your life because you surrender to him. You are now his kid. That's exciting, isn't it? Okay, Colossians 1.12, Ephesians, Colossians 1.12, and Ephesians 1.18 says, you are a royal heir. We serve a king. Sons and daughters in the kingdom. You're an heir in his kingdom. Ephesians 1.18. 2 Corinthians 5.20. You are an ambassador of Christ. Do you know why I love this one? I got this from Intercessory Prayer by Dutch Sheets. It's a great book if you want stuff on prayer, but it's not what we're talking about. He talks about that word to be an ambassador. An, amb an ambassador is somebody that goes on behalf of like a nation or a city state. Like they go on behalf, right? But an ambassador carries the same authority of where he's sent from. So the connotation of being an ambassador of Christ, it's not that you're just running around being like, get to know Jesus. No, it's saying that like heaven's stamp of authority, approval, goes with you wherever you go. So wherever you, your feet go, into Starbucks, into another nation, into Walmart, everywhere you go as an ambassador, it actually means you are carrying the authority of heaven with you on his behalf, you are meant to represent Jesus and the victory of the cross everywhere you go. The victory of the, the ultimate war, it's done. Jesus said it is finished. But God's ultimate plan sovereignly was to move through people as ambassadors to take that victory everywhere they go and establish the victory of the cross and the culture of the kingdom all across the earth. To be an ambassador is exciting because it means you're setting up the kingdom of God on earth. It's fun, isn't it? Being an ambassador is cool. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we already preached on this one. You're fully righteous in Christ. Man. 1 Peter 5.8, you are an enemy of the devil. Okay. I think it's in the salvation counter too. It's called the Christian birthright card. There's a lot of ministries and things that have like a list of your identity piece. This is a list of like 25 of the core explicitly stated things for the believer to always know their original design. Can I do a rapid fire one on you? We're not going to take the time to stand up and declare them because I feel like you already believe a lot of these and we're just going to get time for prayer. But let's just do this fast. I am the light of the world. Actually, let me do this. I'll, I'll say it and then you repeat it after me. Ready? Say, I am the light of the world. And the darkness cannot suppress it. I am, in I am living in Christ's authority, which gives me power, gives me power. Over, all the power of the enemy. over all the power of the enemy. I am a part of the true vine, of the true vine. a channel of Christ's life and energy. I am not condemned, but declared fully forgiven, and righteous in Christ. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm secure in Christ. I'm an overwhelming conqueror in Christ. I'm a temple, a dwelling place for God. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm a new creation. I'm reconciled to God and minister of reconciliation. I'm a saint. I'm seated in heavenly places. 
I'm a masterpiece. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a warrior. I'm hidden with Christ in God. Are you catching the rhythm of this? Is anybody just getting blown up with some life right now? This isn't complicated. Read the truth in faith. Sometimes we've got to wake up in the morning and realize we live in really good news times. Sometimes we've got to say this over ourselves and get blown up, all right? Okay. Let's go back to original design. So many good ones. I'm an alien and stranger in this world. No wonder it doesn't make sense and things are hard. Amen. All right. Number two. First one, ever say the Bible? It's the first way you know you're designed the best. Number two is you can hear for yourself. We can all hear God's voice, right? So James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Let's just do this real time. Let's make everything real time. We're just going to ask for one piece of wisdom about who God says we are. I do this almost every time we do original design or Freedom Week because it's always shocking to me when people are like, whoa, I heard something. I'm loved. And then the smile hits. They get blown up. But God's going to speak to everybody here. Let's lean in in faith. God wants to speak to every single person. It might be a picture. It might be one Bible verse. It might be one line. Even if you feel like you've never heard God's voice, I believe he's about to break in because he loves you as a father. He wants to speak with you. So I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I'm not going to wait long. I want you to listen for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and then we'll do something after that. Father, I thank you that every one of us gets the right to hear your voice. You purchased that right on the cross, Jesus. So we open up in faith and say, Holy Spirit, would you say one thing to all of us in this tent about our original design and how you see us? Just one thing, Jesus. We long to hear your voice today, God. Would you speak to each one of us in Jesus' mighty name? As soon as you hear it, I want you to write it down. You probably heard it right away. A lot of times, Holy Spirit can't wait. It's real quick. That sounded like me. I just want you to write it down in faith. Keep speaking, Holy Spirit. Anybody else, Lord, because they haven't heard it, I see you break in right now, Jesus. Break in right now. Would you just speak to every person? going to go 30 more seconds because I feel like actually this is so funny. I feel some of you are going to hear directly from God and it's all you're going to need. You're not going to need a prayer from another person. You're going to hear a simple word from God and I feel like you're going to grab a hold of it for your life. Be like, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said this about me. And I feel like some of you it's actually going to change the trajectory of your life. That might sound extreme but I actually feel God's going to speak to some of you by faith right now where it will change the trajectory of your life because you're going to believe what he says. Let's wait a few more seconds.
Awesome. Okay, a few quick questions. How many of you guys feel like you heard God speak to you? Epic. It's awesome. Um, how should we do this? I just want three people that, that want to shout out what God said about them, nice and loud, to stand up right now. Three people, only three. One, two, three, right there. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, bonus two over there. And yeah, you can stay. That's great. Yeah, you, can. you didn't stand? All right. One, two, three. Are you standing? Four, five, six. Stay up. Stay up. We'll do six. Everybody, yeah, yeah, we'll just do six. Here's what we're going to do. Sometimes in DTS, not every DTS is 300 people. We'll go around the room and have everybody declare something. We'll be here till 3 o'clock. So here's what we're going to do, though. You're going to say uh, what you heard, and then I'm going to help you declare it. Does that sound good? Okay. We'll start here. What's your name? Zach? What did you hear? Like, what, do you, what do you feel like the Holy Spirit said to you? You're a fierce lover? Okay. Now watch this. It resonates in your heart. Like you don't love normal. You want to change people's lives. You want to love people to like they're transformed. So it resonates. So it says to me, in Jesus' name, I am a fierce lover. It's good. It's awesome. Okay. Stay standing. What's your name? Actually, you can sit down. You're good. You can sit down. Give it up. Okay, Maya, what did you hear? Man, I wish I heard God like that. Man, 15 years, Lord. Okay, so you just heard life growth, then you saw that picture of, of like a leaf, and then it burst and like life hit the whole forest. So we're going to declare that that you were designed with life and growth, and you were meant to bring life and growth to countless others. Is that, good? Is that a good interpretation that resonate? So say this with me. In Jesus' name, I'm designed full of life, full of growth, and bringing life to countless others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Come on. So good. So awesome. What's your name? Alyssa, what'd you hear? You're desired? Okay. This is powerful. That's maybe all you need to know for the rest of your life in Jesus. You're desired. He's pursuing you. He's after you. He loves you. So we're just going to say that. In Jesus' name, I am desired. Amen. Come on. So good. Back here, what's your name? Luke? What'd you hear? Everyone's already like, oh, you feel that? It resonates. It was Luke. Did anybody know Luke? He's like, man, that's so real. Even if it's been two weeks. That guy right next to me like, yeah, me. Okay. All right, let's say this. In Jesus' name, God calls me a shepherd. I'll protect and take care of others. In Jesus' name. Amen. So good. Okay. There was two more over here. Were you guys standing up? Okay, don't get out of it, guys. Come on, let's do this thing. Right? What's your name? Um, 
Stay standing. We got to declare that. That's right. What was your name? What is it? OC? It's awesome. A beloved. You are a prince, bro. You're, you're loved by everybody. Say this with me. In Jesus' name, I'm a prince with a tender heart. Amen. Come on. And what's your name? Your faith? What did you hear, Faith? Man, wouldn't it be like God for the last, no, let's just, let's just ride the wave. Let's ride the wave really quick. For faith to be saying to us, I'm a wave maker. How many of you guys know there's another wave of revival coming for our generation? Last one. Oh. Think about it. No, no, hold on. I'm going I'm to hit this one time, then you're going to declare it. I just want to stir an atmosphere of faith. Um, our mission was founded because a man had a vision of young people crashing onto the shores of every nation of the earth in the form of waves, and they only got bigger. How many of you guys know it's time for an even bigger wave? So we need you, Faith. So the line was what? You're a wave maker? Is that right? What was the exact line? amazing. Okay, I'm going to give you my, my uh, instant interpretation of that, is I feel like there's a trainer part of your life, discipler, where you're going to push countless people into nations, into destinies, into who they're called to be. Okay? It's like you would get more excited to send 20 people all over than you yourself go. Is that true? I mean, you might want to go with them too, actually. Okay, let's just say... She's what? Your what leader? Amen. Okay. Say this with me. In Jesus' name, I'm a wave maker. I'll send others and train others into great exploits in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay. Okay. Isn't that fun? Here's what I would encourage you. You want to have fun as a room later? Get together and declare, it only takes two or three to establish this. Why are we doing this? In a culture of agreement, it drives truths deeper into our heart. You get transparent, you open up, you share those things. Those guys that stood up boldly, it will drive deeper in their heart what they're hearing from God. So I encourage you, get together with your room and declare out loud and have everybody agree. There's power in our corporate ag agreement, okay? Okay, everyone say third way. Okay, third way to know your original design is to hear from others or to seek the Lord within the church. 1 Timothy 1.18. This is Paul writing to Timothy in the letter. It says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. We cannot despise prophecy. Paul, Paul was encouraging his spiritual son to wage warfare with the prophecies made about his life. There's going to be times where some things you're going to hear today... You're going to have to pull from because it might look like, are those things going to come to be? I made you a voice and a preacher. You're going to go in places and preach. I feel like nobody wants to hear my message. I haven't preached in two years. Wage the warfare. Grab a hold of your design. Go deeper in the Bible. Get a fresh message. You're a preacher. Do you see how that works? Real time, you're going to hear things today that God wants to speak to you so that you can wage a good warfare with your life, okay? All right. And this is the ground rule. Staff already know this, but just so you know, why is it also encouraging? 1 Corinthians 14.3, but everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So today, 
when you're getting prayer, this is going to be very encouraging prayer. It's not bad to receive. It requires humility to receive. Because if you can't receive right now, how are you going to go to the nations and pray for somebody else's original design if you haven't received today? Don't you want authority when you go out there and you say, man, I got 200 people looking at me in this high school in the Philippines, and I want to pray for every single one of them, their original design. I wish I would paid attention and received prayer that day. Get what you can today because it's not going to come back. And all of a sudden, you're going to be just loving people the rest of your life, okay? So pull every single thing you can today. Come with hunger. God wants to speak to you for your encouragement, okay? 1 Corinthians 14.3. comes. The one before it was 1 Timothy 1.18. So nobody's going to hear today, man, I just see a black cloud and that your life's terrible. That's not your original design. It's not where we're going today. Staff, this is a quick reminder. If you see something, ask the Lord, why is he showing you that? Man, I just see like, man, there's this hardship. Why is God showing that? What in the design? Oh, he's an overcomer of hardship. That's what I really heard. We got to hear God's design and intent for our lives today, okay? All right. Oftentimes, can we go a few minutes over today? We're going to pray till probably 1245. Is that all right? Or till, oh, 12, 12.30, till 12.30, exactly. Till 12.30. I'll be done in five minutes, I think. Okay, I want to paint the picture a little bit more. I want to finish this. I think God's painting the picture with faith. Because a lot of times the enemy has worked through life, circumstance, people, to create an identity that is opposite of who we really are. The enemy wants you to believe things about yourself that are not true. He wants to convince, convince you that you are a selfish and self-preoccupied person. When in reality, you're a servant and promoter of others you just don't know yet. Why am I just always thinking about myself? Just repent. You're a servant. God's going to light you on fire today. It's your identity. It's every identity for every believer. You're a radical servant. He might make you hardened and numb through life circumstances when really you're designed to be soft-hearted and connected with others. To be fearful, unable to trust when you're called to be courageous and not suspicious of others. You might feel introverted and shy. I never want to talk to anyone. When God's going to flip the script and say, I think, you know, introvert, extrovert, all those things are great. But the spirit he gave you is one of boldness. The spirit that's in us, right? All right. You guys see how he's going he's gonna to undo some things that the enemy's tried to convince us of. Okay, Judges 6, last verse. I'll be done in two minutes. Judges 6, one of my favorite stories, it paints the picture that you can try to argue with God, but God's going to win. So don't argue with him today. Just receive. In the argument, receive what he wants to say. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Storyline, book of Judges. Storyline of Judges is Israel has a judge raise up, rescues him, usually for 20 to 40 years, something like that, varying years. They do evil on the side of the Lord, and then they're captive to other surrounding nations. At this point, things aren't good. Um, the Midianites were super cruel. Women were being raped. Food was being stolen. There's a reason why Gideon's hiding out, threshing wheat in a wine press. You know you don't thresh wheat in a wine press, right? You make wine in a wine press. But he was hiding. Um, angel shows up, says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Instantaneously, Gideon gets his original design. You're hiding out. Threshing wheat in a wine press. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Get Gideon's response. But sir, can we just, no buts today. <laughs> Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, 
Why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? He's looking at circumstance. I can relate with Gideon. It doesn't make sense. But now the Lord has abandoned us, put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Don't you love when the Lord just like ignores the argument? But Lord, go, mighty warrior. What about go, mighty warrior? I don't have to find his. Go, mighty warrior. This nation's all Muslim. Go, mighty warrior. There is no argument. When God calls you out, it's just like, all right, let's do this thing. I don't know how, but God's God. But Lord Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I'm the last guy you should pick, God. Weakest of the weak. Some of you guys feel like that today. Like, man, I'm surrounded by, I know I'm surrounded by revivalists, but not me. Let's end the arguments today. If you are here, you are called and chosen by God with great purpose. God is not looking for a personality, style, or type. He's looking for a surrendered heart. You yield. God can do anything. There's probably Mother Teresa's in here. There's probably Bonkies in here. There's probably Charles Finney's. There's probably John Wet. There's probably a lot of varying looks of the body of Christ that are going to explode and change the earth in this tent. The Lord answered him. He said, I'll be with you. That's all you need to know. Who's with you? God. And you will strike down all the Midianites together. Okay. Done with the teaching. You guys ready to see it in action? Okay. We're going to model it once, maybe twice. That sound good? Me and Lindy are going to pray for one or two of you guys, and then we're going to split up around the tent for the last 20, 25 minutes, okay? Anybody you want to pray for? Anybody highlight it to you? They are all amazing. I just didn't know there's somebody specific. I saw your hand in the back first. Yeah, come on up. We'll pray for you too. Okay, what was your name? Okay, come stand in the middle of us. We're going to pray for you first. And we're going to hear God right now, okay? Excited? You know what's fun is because you're being bold in front of everybody. Everybody listen. Now that's 300 encouragements. You might be, that's way too much. Change your life. Write it down if you hear God. If you don't hear God, don't write it down. No worries. But we're going to listen in and see what God has to say, okay? We ask a simple question. What's one thing he wants to say to us about your original design? We're going to listen and then we're going to say it out loud, okay? Avery? Lord, we thank you for Avery. We ask right now, Holy Spirit, would you pull out her original design, God? We ask, would you declare it right now? We ask for just a few of the thoughts, Lord. The Bible says that your thoughts towards us are as many as the sand on the seashore. We're just asking for a few of those, Lord. For Avery and her original design, how you created her, Lord, how you formed her. Would you speak to me and Lindy right now in Jesus' mighty name? first picture I saw was you um, as a teacher, but then I saw the scene kept changing and that you were called to influence many through a gift of teaching. So it's like how most would have like one classroom. I saw like you had a classroom and even the ages of who was in the classroom changed. And I just saw that there was a, an anointing on your life. Yes, to bring good news, but I literally saw it was like you had a classroom and the scene would change. You had another classroom and another classroom and another classroom. So I feel like the Lord said, you're a teacher, but also a nurturer. And that I literally saw, like, I don't know if this is, like, a dream you have, but literally 
your heart for missions, God used it through the avenue of teaching. And you just began to teach so many. It was different ages, different things. Yeah, that's what I saw. So good. Does that resonate? Yeah, it resonates for sure. Makes sense? Yeah. You always want to ask to make sure. Okay, what I saw simply, I saw you with a picture with like a royal, I don't know, like garb on your head that flowed down. I don't know if you come from a family of believers, but I felt there was inheritance in your life. And I felt the Lord said that you are anointed to preach the gospel. That there's something of blessing on your family that's flowed down to you and you're anointed to preach the gospel. It's like this royal anointing. Does that make sense? Is that true? Yeah, that resonates. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Didn't your family save? Yeah, my like whole family basically. But then there's like a few where I'm believing for. Yeah. But your parents? Yeah. I saw it was like a generational blessing getting like poured into you. So there's an increase on your life that you didn't purchase. That makes sense? Okay. So, so simple. In the line, you'll do two rounds. You'll get, you'll, they'll pray twice for you. Partner up staff. But what we're going to do is we're just going to have you declare that right now and establish it. Okay. Lindy will lead you in a few things. Yeah, and I also just want to reiterate that we could get sit here and get, like, ten things. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, here's the only two things, so that's part of your original design. No way. It's just we're asking God on behalf of our friends, what do you say about them? Do you want to do the one thing that comes against or no? We're just doing, okay, sorry. We'll do it tomorrow because we only have 30 minutes. So raise your hand if you're fire and fragrance staff. Oh, let's go. Yes. Be scattered through the room like that. That's You guys are amazing. Um, okay. So is everyone ready to pray for original design staff? Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. So I'm going to lead you through these declarations, and we're going to agree with you. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Say, Jesus. Jesus. I am a teacher. I am a teacher. A nurturer. A nurturer. And ready to preach the gospel. And ready to preach the gospel. I am I am walking in a generational blessing. In a generational blessing. And I say yes in Jesus' name. And I say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Come on up. What's your name? Lainey. Lainey. Okay. Where are you from? Oklahoma. Oh, you're both from Oklahoma? Are you both from Edmond? I'm from Norman. Norman. Wait, what? Who is that? Are you from Edmond? Let's go. Were you in my mom's class too? Oh, like a lot of my mom's students, she literally gets them to come to Fire and Fragrance and Circuit Riders. It's like crazy. So people come up to me in Circuit Riders all the time, like, I was in your mom's class. She came up to me today, she's like, I was in your mom's class. I was like, I love it. My mom literally should be like an official recruiter for Fire and Fragrance and Circuit Riders. Um, okay, so you're from Norman. Amazing. Okay, let's go. So, Lainey, you know what's crazy is my cousin's name is Lainey, and she lives in Norman, but that's cool. Anyways, <laughs> just thought you guys should know that. Um, we're going to pray for you. You ready? Jesus, we just thank you for Lainey and the calling on her life. We thank you for the original design you are pouring out in this tent today. Father, I thank you that you're going to speak identity and that there are people who are going to come alive like they've never come alive before. And, Lord, we just thank you that you created Lainey in her mother's womb. You called her. You named her. Lord, and we just ask right now, we just pray what you want to say about her original design today in this moment in Jesus' name.
I, the first phrase I heard, I heard the Lord say, the parable of many talents, the parable of many talents. And I just heard the Lord has made you a creative and that you were, he made you to reflect his creativity. And I saw that you had like multiple ideas and multiple ways to express the creativity. And we're going to teach on this tomorrow, but the way the enemy would want to lie to you is say you're too much and you're too all over the place. And the Lord wants to take authority over that lie. He made you a creative and he made you to reflect reflect his glory. And I just saw it was like multiple, multiple ways you express that creativity. That's what I saw. Does that resonate? Yes. Okay. I saw a picture of you and the nations and you put on like this bandana thing and then you started preaching straight revival. And then you got done and I saw you smiling so big and you were just having fun with your friends. And I heard the Lord say, she is sweetness and she is fire. And I feel like there was, there was both. There's both. And I actually saw that part of your original design was going to come alive in other nations. Uh, and it's part of how God made you. Is like, you're also going to be like, who am I? What just happened? I just feel like I found out who I was again. Does that make sense? Yes. I feel like he's told me that. And I haven't known what it looks like, but it makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Come on. So Lindy's going to lead you in just declaring and praying those. And then we're going to get everybody around. We're all going to get prayer today. Does that sound good? Don't worry, if we run out of time today, we can start class tomorrow. Okay, remind me yours again. Creative. All right, say this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm a creative. I'm a creative. I break the box. I break the box. Of what's normal. Of what's normal. And I'm never too much. And I'm never too much. I'm called. I'm called. To be creative. To be creative. And push the boundaries. And push the boundaries. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm sweetness. I'm sweetness. But I'm fire. But I'm fire. I'm a revivalist. I'm a revivalist called to preach the gospel, called to preach the gospel and, bring joy and bring joy to my friends. To my friends. It's just who I am. It's just who I, I am. Don't I don't have to try. It's natural. It's natural. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Come on. It's awesome. Yes, of course. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We've got 17 minutes. Should we wait till let us inquire with your school leaders and staff really quick about, because we really want everyone, should we do like half get prayer now and half get prayer tomorrow so then people can still make lunch on time? Like this, half the room go to lunch, this half the room get prayer? Start tomorrow, everybody getting prayer for 30 minutes. Because then we can explain the one assignment. We can go deeper. Or yeah, I'd rather do that because I would, being able to get, even have your staff pray against someone on one assignment, it bears so much fruit. So let's wait till tomorrow. Okay. Okay, guys. Is that okay? Let's pray for the staff. Okay, guys. Yeah. We're going to change it up really quick. Um, I know you guys, everyone's excited to get prayer, but here's the deal. Is we don't want to cut this moment short. Because I feel like God really wants to speak. Um, I love everybody to get prayer. So instead of doing like half right now and you're waiting and then you got to go lunch and then staff has to go do other responsibilities, we're going to wait and we're going to start tomorrow's class with original design prayer. But because 
We want to we want to do the second layer of original design, which Lindy modeled, which we go after what's one core assignment that has kept us from stepping into our original design, and we end that core assignment. Um, is there something else you wanted to explain before I? Yeah, I think the reason why we also we just want this to be the most fruitful time for you guys. So we're the one of the other reasons we're waiting for tomorrow is what Chase said, and here would be an example of that. The first time I got my original design, it was Brian and Christy. They were visiting Kona, Brian and Christy Brent, and they prayed for me, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm being prophesied over. It was awesome. And then they go, all right, now let's ask the Lord, the main stronghold coming against your original design. I'm like, what? And they're like, okay, Lord, what is it? And they're like, fear. And they broke down every way fear had influenced me and tried to rob me. And, I mean, I resonated so deeply. It allowed me to see how fear was active and keeping me. And I never, ever walked. Now, I still have battles where it's like I got to overcome fear. But after that moment understanding it that way, I never dealt with it like I did before that. So we really want to give a little, like, just teaching on that. So tomorrow when you get prayer, it's what's your original design. But then everyone also can get what's the core stronghold that is coming against you walking in that. So you can even walk in more wild freedom. Come on. That's right. But to make this real time, because we did just learn about this, I believe that there's a design for this school. So every school's got a design of like discipleship following Jesus, but sometimes God wants to speak and highlight a few things. So what we're going to do is me and Lindy are just going to ask the Lord how many things of this Fire and Fragrance DTS does he want to speak about its design um, for y'all six months together. Does that sound good? It's going to go real time. We haven't done this before. We'll just see how many God says. So, Lord, we just thank you for this DTS and this tent. Lord, we thank you for the spirit of faith, the atmosphere of faith today. We just thank you that you're speaking already to everybody. And we ask how many things, Lord, do you want to say about this school's original design, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name? Six things. That's awesome. Okay, Lord, what's that first thing, God, in Jesus' name about this school's original design that you want to declare over them today? was God was setting this school apart with fearlessness, but this is what I saw. I saw in a culture where deconstruction and everything, it's like the unpopularization of Christianity. I saw you guys didn't even care, and you were so far removed from that. You had a fearlessness that carried the purity of the gospel that literally people went, what is that? I, I'm done with religion, I'm done with the hype, I'm done with performance, what are they carrying? So I saw it was a fearlessness that God's marking this school with a fearlessness that can only be birthed out of the radical love of God. So we're going to declare each one of them as we go. You ready? Why don't you guys stand up with us, get into this place engagement. It's hot, we've been in the tent for a while. We're doing work right now. This isn't just like fun. This is like God is establishing, th saying things. So let's say this with me. In Jesus' name, In Jesus we, are we are a fearless, a fearless and courageous. And courageous. What'd you call it? Say this. In Jesus, name, In Jesus' name, by the love of Jesus, we will be fearless. Amen. Does that feel good? Okay. We're going to keep going. There's six. Lord, what's that second thing, God, in Jesus' mighty name? Wow. I saw that this school was going to be marked with presence. It fueled in worship. 
Like, I just see this as like, almost like, is this a school of worship or fire and fragrance, DTS? Like, that's the, I saw the fragrance of worship coming out of this tent was, I'll be honest, I saw it was the strongest it had ever been. Can you do me a favor? Can you raise your hand if you're a worship leader or a musician? Wow. I felt like the Lord said the number of worship leaders and musicians in this school is important to him. This God is marking the school with worship. If you're a worship leader or musician, it's not an accident. You're here. God's called you here for such a time as this. And he wants to draw you into what he's doing. Man, I feel the Lord on this. So just repeat after me. Say in Jesus' name. name. We We are a school of the presence. Of worship. of worship in Jesus name, in Jesus name. We, will we will worship in spirit, in spirit. And, truth. and truth in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Come on. let's go that's right Lord we just ask we want to keep going Jesus what's that third thing you want to say Lord I'm really hogging the mic here. Um, I saw, I heard the Lord say leaders and leadership. And I saw like, I saw you guys sitting down and I saw words like coming out of people's thoughts. I have no idea how I got here, but I'm here. And I heard the Lord say, I drew the leaders for this school. I drew the leaders for this school. And I felt some of you, it was like, you had no idea why you're here, you have no idea how you got here, but the Lord is saying, I brought you here because I'm raising you up as the leader you are, and I feel like some of you have even gone, Lord, there's so many other things I could have done. Why did you ask me to be here? I saw some of you left a school. I saw someone left a scholarship. I saw there's some of you, there was a real cost for you to be here, and you have moments going, why am I here? Why am I here? And the Lord said, you will know. I've drawn the leaders here. And sometimes it's like my school, my DTS, there was, it, I remember a guy named Jim Ord came in our school and he said, there's leaders in this school that are going to lead massive parts of YWAM. And there are over literally 20 people from that DTS, some of who are still here, that are leading and it's wild. And like, it, there's some DTSs that God just marks with leaders. It's unexplainable, but I heard him say the leaders are here. So just do this. Say, in Jesus' name, name, you call us us leaders. We receive receive the call call to lead boldly boldly in Jesus' name. name. Amen. I like this, guys. I get to be the asker, man. This is fun. We got a prophetic wife. Amen. Lord, we just thank you, Jesus, for speaking. We ask for that fourth thing, Lord, in Jesus' name, of what you say about this school. I see in a picture the last two times we've prayed, I see one. I just like a picture of a guy standing on his chair crying out for the holiness of God to mark his life. 
And I feel the Lord saying this is a radically holy bunch. That there is no messing around. It's like, there is no messing around. It's like, Lord, mark me with holiness for my whole life. I want to be set apart for you and your purposes. I don't want any room for compromise. I really want to live a holy life. So I feel like this guy's, the guy's picture, he was like literally standing in his chair like looking up at God like, holiness, holiness. He's like crying out. So can we just declare this one with some extra volume? That the Lord is declaring that. And we're coming into agreement that this is a holy, holy set apart, radically holy bunch. Can we do that? So it's going to be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We are. Set apart, set apart. Holy, holy unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. We, are we are radically holy. We will not mess around with the ways of the world, with, the of the world. with our flesh. With our flesh. Holy, Spirit, holy Spirit, set us apart, set us apart. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. It's good. Lord, we just thank you for speaking, God. We just ask for that fifth thing, Lord, in Jesus' name. What's that fifth thing that you want to say today? I already saw, but I do feel the Lord is emphasizing again that this, I, I heard the phrase, this school's tipping something over in worship. I, have you guys had like powerful worship times together? We'll have some, wor we'll worship this week in the tent, but I just feel like um, even more than the musicians and worship leaders are here, we're all, we're a kingdom of priests. We're all, I love Chase does a teaching with circuit riders. He's like, raise your hand if you're a worship leader. He's like, trick question, you're all worship leaders. Um, because we're all a kingdom of priests before our God. And I just felt the Lord emphasize again, not only is this school marked with the presence and um, like worship leaders, but I heard the Lord say, no, they're carrying a tipping point in worship, meaning wherever you go on your outreaches, wherever God sends you from here, there's a tipping point of what he's doing. And as where you go, there will be a tipping point of the presence of God and Jesus being, and people being entered into worship. Does this make sense? So it's kind of similar, but I feel the Lord emphasizing it. And, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know about you, but when Upper Room kind of came on the scene as a missionary, my heart was burning because I was like, that type of worship is why we do missions, right? Because when you see Jesus like that and you get so encountered and you're just like, I just want to worship, oh, you can't help but then catch his heart for the world. Jesus, the greatest missionary that ever lived. And I feel like God is raising up worship in the missions movement like never before. I love, there's a quote that says, missions exist where worship doesn't, where people have not known Jesus. They don't know the worship we were made for. This is why missions exist. You know, so it's like, I feel like this school is carrying a tipping point for the revelation of worship and missions. So I, I don't know really what to declare other than just say this again. Say in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. We, are we are worshipers. We say yes, we say yes. To, prioritize to prioritize the presence of God, presence of God. above everything. 
Jesus' name. Come on, before we ask for the six, I'll just throw something that it's different, but I actually feel like it's a little bit connected. It's a simple thing. I kept hearing the Lord say, that's why I asked Linda if she has something, that they're thinkers. They're thinkers. And I feel there's a depth to this school. Because to be honest, worship only explodes the deeper you go with Jesus. The more that you know him, the only response that fits it is worship. So I felt there was like a depth of thought. And you know, you're also commanded not just to love God with your heart, but with your mind. That's the, one of the part of the greatest commandment is loving with your mind. So let's just declare that you're thinkers and you're smart and you get revelation of Jesus. Can we do that? And then we'll ask for the sixth thing. Say this in Jesus' name. We're a group of deep thinkers. We're going to love God with our mind. That's good. Amen. Amen. Okay. Lord, what's that sixth thing, God? We just ask for that last thing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Um, Lindy kind of hit this the first one, but I just heard that they're harvesters that work in team. And I saw this picture of big amounts of harvest, but you guys were working together. It was like somebody grabbed a big thing of hay, tossed it to the next guy who knew which machine it was supposed to go on. And the ability to work in team allowed a bigger harvest. So some people would say, wow, big school, you're going to see souls saved. Yes, but the multiplication just doesn't come from a lot of numbers. It comes from a lot of numbers working together to do his will. So you're going to harvest in team, and I saw the harvest got bigger because there was real authentic unity in team. Does that sound good? And I think some of you are just crazy evangelist harvesters. I was like, only didn't say mine because I didn't know what it meant, but I literally saw everyone was broken up into groups, and you were like charging a hill. But everyone had like, no one was charging the hill alone. No one. So that, that makes sense. Come on. Say this with me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We are a school. Of harvesters. of harvesters, find me, find me. In, the in the harvest with my friends. With my friends. We, will we will harvest as a team. As a team. We'll, do we'll do it together. We'll see souls saved, we'll see soul saved. cities impacted, impacted. And, nations and nations touched by the gospel of Jesus. And we'll do it together. In Jesus' mighty name, lift a shout of praise. Amazing. 1230 on the dock. Give somebody a high five. Sit down. I'll hand it back to your school. Give it up for Sam again.